Welcome to the Level Up Podcast, brought to you by Century 21, the Harrelson Group, featuring masterminds with real estate leaders, coaches, and influencers, plus eye-opening strategy sessions with up-and-coming agents. You'll learn exactly how to go from agent to entrepreneur. And now, let's get to the latest episode of Level Up. Welcome back, everybody. This is the Level Up Podcast, where you learn how to go from agent to entrepreneur. We have a phenomenal guest with us today, real estate coach and marketer, Jared James. And we're talking about how to monetize your social connections. Essentially, it's the new world of real estate. We're going to talk about how to deliver great experiences to consumers, what that actually looks like, how to build in personal touch into our lead generation and lead conversion. Uh, and we're also just going to talk about where things are going, where things are trending. There's some interesting stats that uh, Jared's going to share with us from the latest NAR report about past clients and referrals. So as always, we have a bunch of stuff to dig into and some very, very cool people to dig into it with. So first of all, Greg Harrelson, what's up today? Hey, man. Excited as always, especially today with Jared. I haven't really, you know, connected with Jared, uh, you know, previously, but I've been kind of one of those guys that's looking over the shoulder saying, what the heck's this guy talking about? So he's going to come at us at a totally different uh, angle, but it's so relevant, not only for today, but I think it's relevant for the next few years in our business. So Let's just jump right into it. Yeah, Jared, welcome. Hey, thanks for having me, man. So, uh, so for people that don't know who you are, you've got a really interesting background because you got your feet solidly in the world of real estate coaching, but also you're essentially running a digital agency that helps agents generate and convert leads. So, uh, how did you get into both of those things? Just give us a little background story. So. I'm kind of the rarity in the sense that uh, I'm not a guy that's teaching real estate or training real estate agents because I read a book or watched a good video. Um, I've been in the industry my whole life. I was my mother's unpaid assistant when I was a kid. Uh, I went on to be one of the top people uh, uh, and run one of the top teams by the age of 26, um, actually selling real estate. I've sat across the dining room table. You know, I, I know what it's like. I never intended to get into training or coaching. I didn't even know that speaking was a thing. You know what I mean? When I was a kid, everybody would just tell me to shut up. Um, now I could kind of, I could literally invoice those people now, um, which is kind of crazy, right? So it's, it's, um, it's a weird thing, but it just kind of happened, man, because I started, uh, when I was winning awards and stuff, I started getting asked first locally, then nationally, and then internationally, what do you charge to come and speak? And, you know, it's funny because we think people get upset when people sell from the stage, but people get equally upset when you have nothing to sell from the stage, meaning that they started asking me, what do you have? What products, what courses, what coaching? And I had nothing. And so I started figuring it out and I, I built a company that at first we were just kind of figuring it out and then it rapidly grew and grew and grew and grew. And as we grew on the student count, what happened was, was that a lot of the things that I was trying to train these real estate people in, in that they had to do in this new world that we live in, they just either didn't have the ability, didn't have the knowledge, didn't have um, whatever it took to, to keep up with it. And so I created a marketing agency as well and said, you know what, if you don't want to do it, we'll do it for you. Um, and that really comes from the perspective that I really even try to come at when I'm talking to real estate people, which is, look, I know I get labeled the real estate coach, the real estate speaker, the real estate, whatever, but I'm purebred entrepreneur, period, you know, and that's what they should be as well. And because a lot of them don't think like that, it's why every time they see an investment, they're thinking, what investors is this for instead of, can I buy this? You know, and, and that kind of mentality. So I always try to come at it from an entrepreneurial perspective. It's why I created the marketing agency to go along with the coaching and training company because it just made sense. I got tired of sending thousands of people to other companies and I'm going, we can do this. There's no reason to sub them out. And so that's really where that came from. It just came from demand. Very cool. All right. So we've got a bunch of stuff to, uh, to dig into. Just give us a quick idea of what the marketing agency does. What's, what's the approach to generating leads that you find works? 
So that constantly changes, right? Like even just take, my God, if you followed any of the stuff with the HUD complaint against Facebook recently and they're fighting over whether they're an internet content provider or whether they're, I mean, there's just, it's crazy. Like they're now saying that uh, Facebook, for example, can't target people based on gender, can't target people. It's really this interesting thing that's happening right now because in the real estate world, um, you absolutely want to target. I mean, it's called marketing, <laughs> like marketing is yeah. targeting. If you're mm -hmm. if you're J date, you're probably going to target Jewish people, right? Mm -hmm. Like that's not discrimination. That's just it's called J date. You know, if yeah. you're if you're a women's lifestyle magazine, you're probably not going to target 21 year old men. Like, mm -hmm. and so now Facebook is 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 uh, in this difficult position now where they're being told that they can't target because it's housing um, discrimination and, and it's it's going against fair housing laws and everything else. Right. And so what it takes now, now you're looking at instead of targeting people based on those kind of demographics, now you're targeting based on interests and where they've gone and those types of those types of things. Um, but it's constantly changing. You know, the, the whole have an ad that goes to a landing page on a cellular valuation uh, ad was killing it 18 months ago. Uh, now you've got Facebook lead ads that are doing much better. They cost much more per lead, but they're a higher quality lead because they automatically pull all the information, including phone number. And this stuff is just constantly evolving. And for the mm -hmm. average real estate person who's just trying to keep up on the business, trying to keep up on that marketing side is very difficult for them. And quite frankly, a lot of them, it's not their job to do that. You know, when I go to Starbucks or Dunkin Donuts, uh, and there's something new going on with coffee, I shouldn't be the one educating them. Like, it's their job to keep up with that. And yeah. so from a marketing perspective, we just saw how quickly things were changing, and it fit right into the message that I was giving people when I'm saying this is what you need to do going forward, that, again, it just made sense. Like, look, guys, you don't need to know all this. You don't need to be constantly educating yourself. Get in front of your people. Be great with them. Be likable. Create great experiences. And we'll create an agency over here that will do the other work that'll make you look great, um, but you don't need to be spending all the time doing something that is really just not your expertise. Yeah. yeah what are some of the uh, I, I, like what are some of the ways, you know, one of the things that I wrote down here is is like, you know, over my 20 plus years being in the business at the beginning, obviously uh, social uh, marketing socially through Facebook and whatnot was not even on the radar. It didn't even exist, right. right? And then slowly it starts to progress. And now it's like, it's it's really the talk. And I see so many agents gravitating and want to build their entire businesses by just doing marketing on social media. We see mm -hmm. that. And they've abandoned calls and whatnot. Right. I've always wondered, what does that look like, though, as we kind of keep moving? If somebody only goes social, then how do you maintain deep connections with the audience or your client base if everything's done more from a socially when it comes to social platforms? Um, is there so some I'm going to go two ways on that. Like, okay. Number one, it always cracks me up that social is looked at as the impersonal place. Social is nothing more than people. So what we do is we label them as Facebook. We label them as Instagram. We label them as, oh, those are your friends making fun of Facebook. It's just a collection of people. So it, it's no different than, look, Facebook doesn't exist unless all those people that are connected with you were there. Like there's a reason why we're not talking about MySpace right now, because it doesn't exist anymore. People don't go there, right? So one thing we want to do is be very careful when we talk about, well, when you're only doing social, how do you make deep connection? Those are still people. Like those are absolutely people who now you have their attention. The difference is, is that in the old days, in order to stay top of mind with people, 
in order to be referred, in order to be remembered, you would have to constantly go to lunches, constantly go to coffee, send out a thousand mailers. You would have to do these kinds of things. In today's world, you can literally interact with somebody's daily life or their picture of their date night with your husband or their kid's first day of school like the last couple of weeks or their whatever has nothing to do with business at all and have an actual greater impact than you used to have sending them a recipe for grandma's donuts and a, and a uh, you know, the current mortgage rates that they now just go, Siri, what's the mortgage rates? So the connection is still there, but it's the starting point. So social is the beginning, but it's not the end, right? This, this is why I say as much as things have changed, the more they've remained the same. So while it might necessarily not necessarily be the 1,200 mailers with the latest recipe, social is where the connection is started. It's where you stay top of mind. But once somebody raises their hand and goes, I want to go to the next level, that's when the person-to-person, the face-to-face has still got to be on point. And that's where a lot of people are missing it. It's why people's conversion rates are so low. Because on one hand, you have people who have always been only referral-based, only book of business. So they're used to every time they talk to a past client, it's to list their house the next week or to buy their house the next, buy a new house the next week. So they're not used to actually talking to past people and having it just be a casual conversation where it's just continuing the relationship. And so they're not used to that when they go into a social world and they go, oh, this sucks, it doesn't work. But then you have the flip side, The other people who are so used to social, they're so used to immediate gratification. They're so used to throw something on there. How many likes did it get? It triggers that that uh, um, that drug in your brain. They're so used to that that once somebody does raise their hand or somebody shows any interest, they're not sure how to carry it through for the next 18 months, which is how long the average person is taking now because their process is starting so soon. And so that's why the people that are really winning today are the ones who aren't ideological. And they're not pro or anti-social, they're just pro-people. And they understand that the platforms are the way that people, that you get in front of them and you start the dialogue. But what worked always works, right? It's just how we get in front of them now. Just like we're not calling phone books to get in front of people to let them know we have a buyer that's looking in their area. It happens through different means. But the principle still remains, the relational, the conversational, all of that stuff still remains. But how we get to the point that we can use that has changed. And the two different worlds in many cases just don't get it. I tell you, that Matt, that has to be one of the best explanations that I've ever heard. That is fantastic, yeah. Jared. I mean, really, you've really you've really described it very clear. So Thank you're you. in the business. You're you're you're. you're you obviously have both of these categories of agents coming to you saying, hey, I need some help. Okay, so for that person that's in our audience right now, and whichever category they are, and you don't have to do it in both directions, but like, where's the starting point? And I love what you said here. You said social's the beginning, but not the end. So can can you take us through a little flow of what that looks like from beginning to end? Yeah. It starts with, well, first off, understand the type of person you're describing right now is used to being the expert. Um, they've gotten to a place in their life where they've built a business. They've gotten to a place in their life where they're very respected. They've gotten to a place in their life when they call somebody, they, the person calls them back. And so it's very difficult for them to understand this Internet-based world where they call a lead and someone doesn't call them back. They just look at it as disrespectful. They're like, well, you don't call me back. They don't. And ego gets in the way. And so the first step in any of this is just understanding that as much as you know, you don't know anything. 
Like everything changes. You have to commit to that change. You have to commit to the idea that you're probably going to suck at this for a little bit. You have to commit to, look, I said to you guys before we even got on here today that I've been preaching for years. Like, look, guys, here's what's happening. Like referrals went from 69% of all business to less than 44% of all business. In California, it was less than 14% of all business, right? And everybody was like, oh, that's just the crazy young guy. Like that's just the, you know, whatever. Now NAR releases their 2018 member profile and they say that 17% of agents' business uh, were past clients and 12% were referrals. 29% of their overall business were past clients and referrals. Like, that's not the crazy young coach. That's now NAR coming out and saying that. And in the meantime, the average member also dropped their number of transactions from 12 to 11. Uh, the average member in there's income went from uh, 42500 to 39800 the average member's expenses, the amount they spend on their business, while all these other numbers drop by like 6% and whatever, expenses drop by 25% because people have gotten used to an industry where you don't have to pay to play. They've gotten any other business you start, you've got to pay something. You've got to get a warehouse. You have to pay for equipment. You have to – and then people get into real estate because they were so used to the, the referral-based – You know, they got fat on sugar, so to say – they're not used to spending money. So what happens now is when the market starts to tighten and everybody's going online and how they're finding their agent has changed, consumer behavior has changed. What that does to most agents is it makes them lock up and you see their expenses drop by 25%. They're spending less when they should be spending more, right? This is when you actually should be getting in front of people. This is why I say all the time that in the world we live in today, visibility trumps ability. Being an option trumps being the best. And all you have to do is look at where consumers are coming from, and they're coming from the same place that you would be looking if you were in need of, of, of a realtor, which is online. You would go right here on your phone. You would go on your computer. But then when you look at the average real estate person, they are marketing in a way that is different than they're acting as consumers. And that is the quickest way not to go extinct, but to slow down and not be reaching your fullest potential is to act as a marketer differently than you're behaving as a consumer. Just look at consumer behavior, and that's what your business ultimately has to represent. That's where your ads need to go. That's where your marketing dollars need to go. That's where your videos need to be posted. That's where your that's how it works. Yeah, uh, back to the twenty nine percent because I, I that is just an amazing number. Obviously, yeah, that was just released. It's really low. What what do you think? Um, what do you think is is causing this? I mean, is it the real estate agents? Is it uh, technology companies coming in and driving in a wedge? And what the heck's going on here? And and I maybe we don't know, but what would you speculate is kind of going on and influencing this downward trend? So first off, technology companies don't do anything. Like it's a it's a capitalistic free market. Like they don't succeed if that's not what the consumer wants, right? And so there's a couple of things that this tells me. Number one, it tells me what we've been saying for years now is now right. It's just going quicker than I thought it was going to go. It's, it's the idea that, you know, 10, 15 years ago, uh, uh, if somebody wanted to uh, go look at a house, they wanted to sell their house, they had to let their agent know because agents were the gatekeepers. And then the agent would start showing. They had to out themselves. Today's world, your wife is going to jump on their phone at 2 o'clock in the morning and go start searching Zillow nine months before she even tells you she's thinking of buying or selling. And now when she does that, she's going to fill out forms. They're going to go through to an agent that she's never heard of. She has no idea who's on the other end of that form. And so the agents that adapt and understand that visibility trumps ability 
are the ones who are really winning. But the second thing that that stat shows me that they just released is that agents are not doing their job. Because if, look, as much as I've been telling everybody, look, people are coming offline, they're doing whatever. If 29% of overall business was was uh, referrals and past clients, that's still super low from what it should be for the average agent. It tells me that the average consumer is not committed to their agent. Meaning they may be your best friend for three to six months when you're working with them. They may, because of course you're going to be friendly, whatever. But the fact that they're not searching you out or the fact that they would even need to search you out because we're not staying in touch long term, the fact that they even have the ability to jump online, fill out a form and talk to a realtor behind your back, go buy a house and you never even know about it means that we're not doing our job because it's one thing to give someone an experience, a good experience. It's another thing when you create that raving lunatic fan because you created an extraordinary experience and you followed up for the long term and you actually understood that the the lifetime value of a client is over one hundred and seventeen thousand dollars. It's not the five grand at the closing. When you understand the lifetime value of a client, which is in the six figures, meaning if you continually were to follow up with them from then on, you understood that the transaction actually started at the closing table, the referrals you would get from them, them working with you, how many houses they'll buy over the course of their life, whatever. Agents would act differently and more of their business would come from referrals and past clients. But because they're not completely a lunatic fan and like, you know, completely committed to you, they're going behind your back, going to the easiest option and selecting people who are in front of them. And if you think about it, it's the same consumer behavior. The reason why referrals work so well is because it's ease of use for a consumer. It's use my friend. Well, now I don't have to talk to 50 people. You recommend them. They're awesome. It's easy and it's right in front of me. I need it. OK, let's do it. It was ease of use. When you look at today's world where people are going online, filling out a form and selecting an agent, it's ease of use. It's because they didn't want to search you out. They probably don't remember your name. They probably don't. And what they did was they went, oh, I'm right here on my phone. It's right in front of me. Here's my name. Oh, they called. Ease of use. You're there right now. You don't sound like a serial killer. Sounds good. I'll use you to sell my house. It's still the same principle, but agents are failing in how they're actually executing on today's marketing and how to get in front of people which is leaving their people to stray off and go with other agents. Really, really good. Greg, there was something there, just just a quick mindset thing that I wanted to point out. Um, I mean, Jared, the, I'm, I'm sure you've got your your influences. What it, what it reminded me of that mentality of the, the transaction starts at the closing table. It's very Dan Kennedy, Jay Abraham kind of-esque in the sense of, look, f- find your tribe of people, figure out who those people are and do everything you can to bring a ton of value to those people and keep that same group of people in your life for the next 20, 30, 40 years because they're worth so much more. And then Dan so Kennedy much. talks a lot about that. Like, don't look at the person that walks into your office once as, you know, the first of a stream of many, many, many people. Look at them as the precious single person that they are. You want to get them into your mailing list, get their email, get connected on social media. Uh, and really, and stay in their life because that one person is incredibly valuable. They're a gateway not only to all of their future transactions, but all of their friends and family and the eight to ten other people that they might be able to refer you over the next few years. Uh, I think that's a big that's a big entrepreneurial mindset shift that I think you probably took with you into real estate that helped you succeed. Yeah. That I don't see a lot of agents 
doing. And I think that's a mindset we can learn from. And then it plays out tactically in a bunch of different ways. But if we start with that, that different level of strategy in mind, it then affects the way the, the entire way we run our business. Just that one. Think, think of it like this, man. Like most entrepreneurs, quite frankly, and I think, I think real estate people should be more entrepreneurial and think like entrepreneurs. But most entrepreneurs, their singular greatest issue is that they have not worked the muscle called focus. Because it's, it's, it's like the double-edged sword. The thing that makes most entrepreneurs great is also what will tear them down, what will keep them from going too far. It's almost like a great, like when I deal with, a, a, we work with some of the top teams and whatever in, in North America, and whenever I've dealt with these people before they had actually gotten to where they are, I have this conversation with them where I say, look, here's the crazy thing. The personality trait that you have, the thing about you that got you to where you are right now is exactly what will keep you from going where you need to go. Because that drive, that singular, like whatever it takes, that that steamroll, you know, whoever gets in your way to get to your goal. Once you start trying to formulate some kind of a team and grow and put people under you and run an actual business, if you continue like that, you're going to steamroll them and they'll never feel empowered and they'll never feel anything like that. From an entrepreneurial perspective, it's the same thing. The thing that makes most entrepreneurs succeed is that they do have so many interests and they are so driven and they do see opportunity. You know, they can't help it. They see it. The problem is, is once you really kind of nail down on something uh, and you and or like a client that you finally like it takes everything you do to win that client over. If you don't start exercising that focus, what will happen is, is once you've won them, it's like a little chip on the belt where you go, OK, who's next? Who's next? And you throw these people to the side. And in the meantime, rather than being worth one hundred and seventeen thousand to you, they'll be worth fifty two hundred because you'll be on to your next conquer. You have to, as an entrepreneur, learn to focus because focus is something that doesn't get talked about a lot. Um, it's not sexy. It's not. But it's ultimately what keeps so many great entrepreneurs from really growing is that they just can't focus. That's solid. So let me ask you this, because, you know, you're you're it seems like your coaching company is having an impact on the industry. It seems like there's more and more attention uh, going in your direction. And, you know, we're hearing good results, at least in, in, in my ecosystem. I'm hearing right. these things. So as somebody comes on, you, a, a new agent comes into your coaching program, not new to the business, new to the program. You or your coaches, like what are some of the first things that you want to ask an agent that's coming in that will help you assess where they are and help you direct the conversations as to where they need to be going? What are some of the first things? I, I, I ask that because, you know, there's probably people out here right now say, gosh, I wonder what I could do. But I think the first thing that they have to identify before what to do is, you know, where are they current, where they currently are right now? So what's some of the questioning that you go through to in the beginning of a coaching relationship? So I think that we make a huge mistake right off the bat as labeling every single person as being the CEO of their own real estate venture, you know, whatever, because that's not most people's personality. I think one of the one of the big missteps in our industry is how much we've glorified the solopreneur. Um, and what I mean by that is that because someone goes and passes a real estate test, which teaches them nothing about running a real estate business, uh, they're now supposed to step out with a buyer or seller who's about to sell their largest asset in the history of what they'll ever own. And they're supposed to convince this person that because they passed a real estate exam that taught them how to be an attorney and an appraiser, 
uh, that they're now an expert marketer, an expert negotiator, an expert communicator. I mean, you're an expert bullcrapper. Like, you're, that's not true. And so the first thing we need to figure out is we need to figure out within the ecosystem of having a successful real estate business, not solopreneur, real estate business, where do you fit? Because some people within the structure of a real estate business are great marketers. Some people are great ISAs. Some people are great buyer's agents. Some people are great listings agents. Some people are great at the structural side. Some people are great, but what you can't do is try to say one size fits all. You're getting into real estate, so now you're going to be a CEO, and this is how this is going to work. And now ultimately you plant an apple tree and expect it to give you oranges. Well, don't get, don't, don't, don't get caught off guard. Don't be surprised when it's not giving you oranges. That's not their personality. So you got to figure out who they are and where they're going to be most successful, which is really what their personality profile is. Like once we know that personality profile, we want to build up a business where other people are filling the needs that not only are they not good at, they don't enjoy. So let's figure out and start. It's kind of like begin with the end in mind. Where are you ultimately going to fall in this business? And let's start building around you to do that. Okay. So it. if you if you were on the stage talking to a group of agents and you really only could say like one or two things or let's say one thing and you're having to talk to the masses, this is the one size fits all statement, you know, which mm -hmm. I I agree. I, I love what you're saying. That it's not that way. What would you do? What would you tell people? Because I mean, this 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 podcast is about going from agent to entrepreneur. So this yep. is very fitting as a conversation. You know, but from going from agent to entrepreneur, what is like that one message that if you could just smack us all upside the head and snap us into place, what would you tell so us? Do you to want do? to know? Do you want to know the one thing I would tell a, like a new agent coming in? One thing they should be doing? Sure, absolutely. Is that what you're looking for? Yeah, because I was that, looking that for that. To me is that to me is simple. Like, okay, as a new let's, agent, the number let's one. Let's do that thing in an experienced agent. Let's do that in an experienced agent. Perfect. So as a as a new agent, the number one thing that I think they should be doing is whether they are on a team that gives them leads or whether they go to the everybody who goes, I don't have enough leads, I don't have the number of people that are wasting leads right now because they're not following up is astronomical. If I was a brand new agent, I would go to the top teams, top brokerages in my area and I would negotiate with them and say, hey, can I have all your leads that are six months old or older that you're not calling anymore that are really no good when really they're at the place where they're now able to buy and sell? And can I just, can I call them? I need to practice. And anybody that I convert, I'll give you 10%. And the reason I would do this is because I want somebody brand new every single day being in real situations where they are in situations where they fail because they will never grow quicker than by doing that right there. It's one thing to practice your dialogues. It's one thing to read a book. It's one thing to listen to your broker. It's one thing. The moment that you get into a situation with a new person, with a lead, with whoever it happens to be, and they say something and you don't know the answer and you're embarrassed – you will never forget what to say again because of that experience, right? And you will play it over in your head, and next time you'll know exactly what it is because there's nothing like the real thing, right? So I would say to put yourself in situations where you're going to have no said to you constantly, where you are going to fail right off the bat, where literally it's humiliating because it's the only way you'll grow as quickly as you need to because that's how powerful emotion is, right? Like if you ask somebody – where were you on October 9th, 2007? Everybody's like, I don't have any idea. You ask somebody where you were September 11th, 2001, everyone knows exactly where they were because that's how powerful emotion is, right? So that's the one thing I do for a new agent, put myself in positions to get no said to me every single day. What was the other part of the question?
Yeah. And then let's let's now flip the script and say, okay, now we're talking to somebody that's, uh, you know, 10 years in the business. They're an experienced agent. Yep. So if I have and I do this, by the way, with experienced agents. So I look at the stats and if I just looked at one that said, okay, 29 percent of business uh, is right now on the average agent coming from referrals and uh, uh, past clients and such. Right. So I'd say, okay, that's 71 percent. But when we that that is not coming from there, when we deal with these experienced agents, usually just about 100 percent is coming from referrals. They don't do anything else. They don't they don't reach out because they don't feel like they need to. And so what I do, it's, it's called loss aversion is I go, OK, technically, that was supposed to be 29 percent of your business. Wow. And so then I'll take 71 percent more business and I'll go, you cost yourself two hundred and thirty seven thousand dollars last year. So now you don't want to learn social. Now you don't want to learn all these other methods. It's one thing to say to somebody, hey, you need to learn this stuff. Hey, you got to get with the times. Hey, it's another thing to say you literally cost yourself two hundred and thirty seven thousand dollars and then make them in their mind go there and go. What could I have gotten for my children? What could I have saved for my grandchildren? What could I have? And you start going through this thing where it's a loss aversion where this is what you could have had if you just would have adjusted to today's marketplace. Because here's the funny thing. When you look at those people, 92 to 96% of people start online, right? When you look at those people who select 75% of sellers, 70% of buyers that pick their agent online, do you know what the funny thing is? The number one reason they select the agent they did is not what most people think it is. It's just kind of old school, local market knowledge. See, those people going online, would actually prefer to work with someone who's been around and knows what they're doing. The problem is that they're not going to adjust to how you're doing business. And so while they're doing it the way that they do it, whoever shows up on the other end of that form is who they have to deal with. But according to the poll results, they would actually uh, rather work with someone who's been around, who knows what they're doing, who's probably got a little gray in their hair. It's just that those people aren't even an option. And so in the meantime, those people are costing themselves hundreds of thousands, if not millions of dollars, because they're stuck in doing you know, the business the way that their dad showed them or the way their mom showed them or the way it was done 20 years ago, and they're costing themselves hundreds of thousands of dollars. Yeah. You know, uh, Matt, one of the things that I've been telling my agents for the last probably four years, and it's just been beating it over their heads, is that remember the days when uh, maybe our parents told us, or shoot, maybe y'all's grandparents, because y'all are younger than me, um, no credit is bad credit. Well, I, I've said, you know, no Internet presence is bad Internet presence. It's the yeah. same way. Like if you're not if they can't find you on the Internet, then that's actually a negative. That's atrocious today, by the way. In today's world, when you look at the fact that um, look at the people who now search, uh, they say that by next year on Google, 82 percent of all search returns are going to be video. YouTube, which is the second most searched site on the Internet is only video. Facebook is going to only video. And so when you look at how people search, which is a, the number one way people search is how to's, how to select a realtor, how to get more for your house, how to go, whatever. When you look at how people are doing that and that's how they're searching now, if you don't have a library built where you're coming up locally when people are putting in these how to's, you're no longer even going to be an option. The reason why my company has grown like it has is because my YouTube videos get hundreds of thousands of views. Because I put these things out, I create a library, and now agents get into the business. They start searching questions that we strategically make those 
you know, uh, the types of videos we do for the Jared James Today Show and other things. And next thing you know, they're watching my stuff and they stay up all night watching my stuff. The same way that they find me is the way that their people find them. And the funny thing is, is when I stand in front of an audience and I go, how many of you found me on the Internet watching my videos? And 50 to 60 percent of the audience raises their hand. I then say, how many of you who are out there have an active YouTube channel with at least one video going up every once to two weeks or one to two weeks for your consumers? And every hand goes down because we're acting as marketers differently than we're behaving as consumers. And that has to stop. That's a good yeah. one. That's a good yeah. one. Right. <laughs> That's acting, really good. Let's make sure I got that down. Acting as marketers instead of how we're behaving. Differently as than consumers. we're behaving as consumers. Differently than we're behaving as consumers. Right. Yeah. So in other words, we're, we're how we act as consumers, us. how we go online, how we search online, how we watch people's videos, how we do all that, just how we find people like that, just how whatever, all of a sudden it comes time to market our business. We're still sending around the, the, the sign up in the office for the Sunday paper. Or we're still, and it's just like, oh, stop it. Like, this isn't how people are searching you out. And so what I'm saying is, is that the same way that you're acting, that's why I used the example and I said, how many of you found me through watching a video and everyone's hands go up? And then I go, how many of you are actively making videos and everyone's hands go down? Because how they acted as a consumer to find me is not how they're acting as a marketer to market their business. And that's a problem. Good point. Love it. So before, I'm sure we got maybe one more question, uh, Greg, between the two of us. We can, there, there's a bunch of stuff we could, we could dive into. But uh, before we do that, Jared, how do people reach out? How do they connect with you and learn more about what you guys do? Simple, man. We've made it easy. If uh, Obviously, I'm super active on social and our websites and everything else. But if you just go to connectwithjared.com, J-A-R-E-D, connectwithjared.com, all my stuff's there. You can connect on Instagram and Facebook, and uh, my podcast is there. You can subscribe to. We put it all easy in one place. Go to connectwithjared.com. Um, get on Instagram, those kinds of places. Shoot me a message. I reply to all my messages. Um, so, yeah, that's the easiest way. All right. So I, I have a potentially juicy question. Is there anything, Greg, that, that's been that's on your mind that you want to close out with? Otherwise, I'm going to jump in here. Man, he's got my mind so busy right now. I'll, I, I don't need any more. I, I, I don't want another <laughs> one of my questions answered. You go for it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, Jared, you mentioned something, and and I would tend to agree with you. Because so, so I'm curious where you see things going because the the real estate industry has glorified the solopreneur. You're you're 100 right about that. And now we're seeing teams and indie brokerages and alternative options really come up, especially in the last 10 years. Do you see that trend like really going in that direction to where agents are, are going to start looking and coming into the business and going, OK, what what team do I need to join versus how do I get out there and get doing this by by myself? Do you see that shift actually going Absolutely. that far in that Ab direction? Absolutely. It's not an accident that in the last five years, when you look at the Wall Street Journal's list of the top 100 people and everything else, the top teams have grown by over 20%. The average individual has decreased. Um, you know, you just got to think about it from a logical perspective, especially as, as uh, consumers are becoming more and more educated. And it used to be that all we had to do was to give them info. Again, we were the gatekeepers. The fact that we were able to open the door and give them data on places, that was our value. Now that that's gone, a lot of people are being exposed because they're realizing they don't offer anything else. They don't have any other value. They don't whatever. And again, when you get logical about it, if you were going to go visit the doctor, you wouldn't call the doctor, set an appointment with the doctor, then show up, meet the doctor, give him or her your insurance card, 
go wait in the waiting room only to meet the doctor when you go to the second waiting room, which is where you wait again, only now there's not magazines. Then talk to the, have the doctor weigh you and get your height. Then go to the next room, talk to the doctor, see what's wrong. Oh, you need surgery. Then meet in the other room with the doctor to have surgery. Then go back out to the conference area there where the doctor would meet you to schedule your next appointment. But this is what real estate agents are doing. People are selling their largest asset ever, and they're going, I'm everything. I do this, I do that, 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 as if it's in the best interest of the consumer, and it's not. And what's happened now is as teams have grown and people have actually specialized not only in what they're good at, but what they enjoy based on their personality profile, it's created a better experience for the consumer because you have somebody who just loves to go show houses and is always available and loves doing that. You've got someone else who's following up on leads and they don't care about rejection. They're that guy that in college would get turned down by 10 girls every Saturday, but they're a great at ISA. Or you've got, you know, this is actually good for the consumer. And as we move forward now and the consumer continues to have free choice and is, has the access to all the data, they're going to start putting apples to apples and go, you know what? I'm paying the exact same amount. I'm going to go over here where they don't I don't have to hope that they're not too good at their job, meaning they get too many clients and then they forget about me or don't have time to do the things they said they do. I'm going to go to a place where they're set up to do it every time, regardless of how good they are. And that's really what happens when you go up against someone who's strictly a solopreneur. You're just sitting there going, well, I hope they're not too good at their job, because if they are and they get too many clients, they're not going to have time for you. There's only so many hours in a day. So hopefully they're not too good. And that, that's an interesting place. Well, to and we, we may get to the point where they never find the solopreneur to begin with because they can't top 50 reviews on Zillow and Google, and they literally may not find them the first 20 pages of search results, and that's it. Dude, unless that's then, it. unless or, there, or because unless the guy's is operating or the gal is operating as a solopreneur, they don't have time to actually go and create content, which in a 2018 and beyond world is now part of your job as a real estate professional, creating content on a regular basis. And you may not like it. But, you know, a, a lumberjack doesn't get to say, I don't like cutting down trees. You're a lumberjack. It's what you do. And so from a real estate professional standpoint, moving forward, content creation is one of your jobs now. It's what comes with the description. Yeah, love it. Couldn't agree more. Uh, speaking of creating content, Greg, this is what, this is what we do. So um, uh, tell people how they can connect with you, and then I'll share how people can connect with the content that we create. Yeah, obviously the best way to connect with me is just uh, hit me up on Facebook Messenger. It seems to be the most efficient way for me to receive a message as well as respond to the messages that uh, are sent my way. So uh, just go ahead and hit me up there. Very cool. And then for the show itself, you can go to the leveluppodcast.com. You can look us up on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher. You can catch the video versions on YouTube. So however you want to consume the show, you can. Uh, make sure when you do that, especially on Apple Podcasts, go leave us a rating or a, a review. And when you do, uh, make sure to shout out the guest. If there was a particular guest that you enjoyed, like Jared, make sure to shout him out publicly. Thank him for his time, for his contribution when you leave your rating. So uh, with that being said, Jared, this was uh, incredibly awesome. Very, very good stuff for, for anybody that's watching, whether they're new or experienced. So I hope people go and check out connectwithjared.com. Guys, go do that right now and make sure to stay up with all this, with the cool stuff that you're doing. So Jared, thanks once again for joining us. We appreciate it. Thanks for having me, man. I appreciate it.